I'm Farah Duro, and you're listening to the PCS Revolution Podcast. Well, it's probably no surprise to you guys, treating PCOS at the root takes time and a lot of effort. Even when working with our acupuncture patients one-on-one, there just isn't enough time to really just sit down every week and make sure we're on the right track with diet, supplements, herbs, and self-care, not to mention discussing all that's involved with hormone testing and BBT or temperature charting. Now, I've been searching for a way to fill in this gap and for many years and to help as many women with PCOS as possible. So I developed the PCOS Revolution Academy. It's a 100% completely online program that goes deeper into PCOS than any program I've seen. And I wanted to invite you personally to become a founding member at the PCOSrevolution.com. And that's where I'm going to actually be inside of our private community, holding your hand every step of the way, month after month, helping you get your PCOS symptoms under control once and for all. And I'm super excited about it because each month we're going to cover different topics through our live Q&A sessions inside of our private community to discuss issues like improving your fertility and regulating your cycle naturally using the powerful combination of the right supplements and time-tested Chinese herbal medicine strategies that we use with our patients along with specific acupressure points that you can do at home. We're also going to be talking about the perfect strategies for getting rid of fatigue and upping your libido, along with learning precisely the right amount of portions and how to eliminate cravings at their source at mealtime. We'll also get into getting your exercise and meal planning in place so that you can incorporate it easily into your daily routine. And most importantly, you're going to feel confident that for the rest of your life, even during pregnancy and beyond, you're going to have a plan that you can rely on. And I'm so looking forward to getting to know you and I want to make it easy for you to join. So here's a special savings for you as one of my listeners. Just use the code podcast to receive 20% off your first month. And once again, go to the PCOSrevolution.com and sign up now today to get the special founding member rate as a listener of my podcast. I can't wait to get started with you. Okay, let's get back to the show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PCS Revolution podcast. We have today a special guest named Erica Volk. She's known as the PCOS personal trainer, and she guides women living with PCOS towards a lifestyle that gets their symptoms under control so that they have time, energy, and confidence to thrive. So besides being a personal trainer and a nutrition coach, she's also the creator of the PCOS Fit Studio workout videos. Now, Erica was diagnosed with PCOS in 2005, and she's been coaching women with PCOS since 2010. And through her personal experience and work with clients, she discovered that exercise is a wonderful tool for fighting PCOS. So welcome, Erica. Hi, thank you. So glad to be here. And if you could just tell me a little bit about what motivated you to start Um, developing a program, an exercise program for women with PCOS, and a little bit more about your background. Absolutely. Uh, Well, I think that um, I built the program I wish I had had when I was first diagnosed in 2005. Um, It took me a while to get a diagnosis, and I'm sure um, almost everyone listening can relate to that. In fact, uh, I was diagnosed by my mom's OBGYN just from my mother having a casual conversation with her about me. And um, I think otherwise, I probably never, not never, but it would have been years before I had gotten a proper diagnosis. Um, 
And once I had received, you know, this diagnosis, I went to the doctor and I went to a metabolic endocrinologist. I was struggling with my weight and acne and, and, you know, the whole PCOS package. And people were saying, just lose weight, just go to the gym. And I felt like that was kind of vague, you know, Mm -hmm. and the more I Googled and the more I realized that there's this huge, um, deficit as far as where does fitness actually uh, work into your PCOS treatment plan. And since I personally had always been very interested in fitness, I started out doing Jane Fonda workouts with my mom when I was like five. Um, It was a natural fit for me to just kind of figure it out for myself. I got a personal training certification and multiple certifications after that and um, got connected to some really wonderful people in the PCOS community who supported me. And I developed a program that's really based off of the best information we have right now about PCOS and exercise. Wonderful. It's such a great resource that anyone in the world can can do these programs. And um, I've been in your program online and I've seen the different levels you have for different uh, fitness abilities. And it's, it's, it's really amazing. Um, and tell us a little bit about what types of exercise you recommend and what's the best strategy as far as getting started. Okay. So those are two really good questions. So the answer, let's start with just getting started. Um, the best type of exercise, no matter what situation you're in is the type of exercise that you will do. Um, so I always recommend if you know, you need to start an exercise habit is just to pick something that appeals to you initially Don't worry about it being optimal and just get in the habit of moving every day in a way that that makes you happy, that appeals to you, that you're comfortable with. And then once you feel like you're consistent with making that time in your life, whether it's 10 minutes a day or a half an hour every day, then move on to looking into what might be some of the best types of workouts for PCOS. Mm-hmm. Now, um, as far as the best types of workouts for PCOS, I would encourage everyone who is ready to take that next step to prioritize strength training for your to improve your symptoms. And the reason why I say put strength training first as your number one priority is because it affects us. Uh, three, many more hormones, but three key hormones that we hear about a lot when we're talking PCOS. And those are testosterone and androgens, insulin and cortisol. In the case of testosterone, we've seen in medical studies that when women strength train, their androgens go down in PCOS. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Insulin resistance is, um, you know, it's a condition that's associated with diabetes and PCOS. And it's been a long time established fact that uh, working out and strength training is actually one of the best approaches to reducing your insulin resistance. And that is because uh, our muscles are one of the number one consumers of glucose in our bloodstream. So the more muscle cells you have, the more you're going to burn, so to speak, the glucose that you're consuming every day. But not only that, what's also been discovered is that the quality of your insulin receptor sites like on a cellular level in your muscles improve when you are strength training. And recently there's been some studies that suggest that strength training actually changes the expression of some of the genes associated with PCOS. So you are 
burning more sugar, so to speak, consuming more sugar because you have more muscle and you're using it more often. The muscle that you do have is better at responding to the hormone insulin. So you're driving down that high insulin level. And then there might be some benefits on a genetic level too. Um, and then the third hormone I talked about was cortisol and, um, Exercise in general is great for reducing emotional stress and anxiety, but it actually affects your stress levels on a, like a real hormonal cellular level. So, you know, the hormonal responses we have to emotional stress were really designed to prepare the body to move quickly because a long time ago when you felt stress, it was because, you know, saber tooth tiger was running after you, not because you have a deadline at work. So the best way to kind of expel some of that extra cortisol and those stress hormones is to actually get up and move and and, an intense movement at that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's something that if we think about the way that our lives are structured now, um, a lot of, of our patients and people I know, they basically commute to work. And sometimes that takes about an hour of sitting in the car if you live in South Florida <laughs> and then or any major city and uh, 45 yeah. minutes or an hour, you're stuck in your car and then you're stuck in your desk for another eight hours. And then you are stuck in your car again on the way home. And then you get home and you're exhausted. So it's like a, a kind of a feedback, never ending cycle there. How do women break the pattern and say, okay, I'm going to get my exercise in. I'm not going to tell myself anymore that I don't have the time. Where do you, where do you make the time and find it? Mm, yeah, that is probably the number one barrier to getting started, I think, and to keeping an exercise habit going. And there's so, uh, there's so many variables that come into, um, not having the time, but I think one simple step is just to give working out first thing in the morning a shot. And that's because if you put yourself at the beginning of your day, first of all, you're going to have better energy levels throughout the day, I promise you. But you're also going to have a little bit of a confidence boost because you've kind of checked off something um, that seems to be really connected with people's sense of pride when they when they regularly get in a workout, they seem to feel more confident about themselves and their ability to do other things as well. So you're getting kind of an emotional high and this physical hormonal high. Mm-hmm. And um, then the next thing, like when I suggest that, <laughs> the next thing that comes out of women's mouths are like, oh, but then I'm going to have to wake up earlier. And that's really difficult because I- I'm tired. And um, one thing that I would say is just start small. Don't get into the all or nothing mentality here. Any amount of exercise is better than none at all. What I see happening is uh, we start out really excited about working out and we want to go into the gym for an hour, which means we're going to wake up at 5 a.m. before we go to work and pack all our makeup and hair stuff and get to the gym. And when we, when a woman discovers that she can't sustain that long term, um, she gets really down on herself. And I'm here to tell you like that is a huge expectation to set for yourself and you shouldn't feel bad that that's not working for your lifestyle so instead of saying well if I can't do it all I'm just going to do nothing maybe you just start with popping in a workout video or just doing something on your own in your pajamas in your bedroom before you hop in the shower every morning and maybe that is just 10 minutes but you've you've got the ball rolling and I know we spoke about this in our 30-day private Facebook group um, a couple of days ago, but we were uh, kind of, you know, accepting a little Q&A session there. And um, we had a question come in from someone and they said, I'm just, I have a gym phobia. 
And so that, that comes up a lot. And could you talk a little bit about some of the clients you've worked with and trying like how they got over that? Yeah. So gym phobia is real and I get it right. There's this whole, um, I think almost mystique around fit people that they're somehow better or, um, more capable than, um, people that aren't really into fitness or don't work out on a regular basis. Um, so first of all, as a personal trainer, let me just strike that from your mind. We all have our flaws, but just one of my individual gifts as a human is that, um, I'm attracted to working out and I find it really easy to get into a routine, just like, uh, you know, my best friend's an accountant and one of her natural gifts is she's really good with numbers and money. And if I compared myself to her when I'm doing my family's financial planning, I probably would feel pretty bad about myself, but those just aren't my gifts. And so if, if you are trapped in like this comparison trap or this, this idea that you don't belong at a gym because you're not as good as all these other folks that have been here since, um, you know, they, they came in the summer, winter and fall. They didn't just show up for new year's resolutions. Um, you know, give yourself a break and give yourself some time to get good at this whole showing up at the gym and working out thing. Mm. And I guess my second point to that would be invest in some workout clothes you feel good in. Don't wait till you've dropped a certain amount of weight to go out to an athletic store and just get a couple of nice workout outfits that make you feel like you're putting your best foot forward. There's some magic in clothes, you know? Definitely. And just getting started, like telling yourself, I'm just going to go and I don't care. Shut up voice. If you tell me that I can't go because of this or that and all these different excuses, just, just ignore that little voice in your head sometimes that just telling you that and just do it. And it, it becomes a routine. Like you said, it just takes, I think, going and getting there and just getting that routine in place. Um, and ignoring the little voice that says, everyone's going to stare at you. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a fear thing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And to your point about worrying about everybody staring at you, everybody's going to the gym to work on themselves. Mm -hmm. They're not interested in you. And mm-hmm. if they are watching you, they're kind of a creepy weirdo. Like, you know, like, <laughs> that person's the problem, not you. <laughs> exactly. And there, are, I mean, everybody's at different levels, obviously, unless you're going somewhere where there's professional athletes training or something, you know, that they're all in different, everyone's in different levels and different places. So um, it's really, it's really counterproductive. You Like you said, to compare yourself. Um, but I think it's just human nature sometimes <laughs> to do it. So it is, it's such a trap but we all do it. And you have developed a a freebie for our listeners to help them get started. Talk a little bit about what's in that, that freebie because we're going to list it in our show notes. Oh, okay. Well, um, I think what I I set up today on my new website is a um, giveaway for my do-it-yourself strength training guide. As I just mentioned uh, before, I think strength training is super important for everyone with PCOS. And this guide will just break down for you the basic steps of what a good, solid, no-thrills kind of um, strength training program would look like so that you you can do it yourself if you'd like. Very cool. Okay. So that's a good start. Definitely. And what do you need to do that? Just like your own uh, hand weights or resistance bands or what sort of thing? Mm. So um, there's all different kinds of pieces of equipment that you could use. The, um, the guide itself doesn't, um, it, 
use one exclusively. So you could do dumbbells, you could use machines, you could use a suspension trainer, which is a great piece of equipment for working out at home. Um, those resistance bands that you can, you know, get off Amazon for a few bucks, all of those uh, pieces of equipment would work with this guide. Excellent. And um, if you could just kind of look at the clients you've worked with over the years and just share something maybe that we don't know that every woman should know about uh, with PCOS should know, um, that's kind of just not common knowledge out there. What would it, what would that be? Hmm, that is a really good question. I'm asking you the tough questions today. <laughs> yeah, that, that could go like a thousand directions in there, but um since I'm the PCOS personal trainer, I'll go, um, I'll go for a, a workout angle here. So I've met a lot of women, um, in fact, most women with PCOS who have worked really hard at the gym and in their diet to um, get their symptoms under control. And a lot of times the results aren't reflecting that hard work. Mm-hmm. And instead of um, being, maybe giving yourself some grace and some more time, they just start escalating their exercise and their workouts. They, they work out harder and longer. Like they're trying to sweat PCOS out of their body. Mm. And yeah, and that actually that relationship, first of all, that you develop with exercise, that's not based off joy. It's kind of an adversarial relationship that you're developing with exercise. And it, it also can be counterproductive women with PCOS tend to think that like more exercise is better because it'll burn more calories and it'll really address body fat, which is, you know, what we're all thinking about when we work out. However, um, I see exercise more as a tool to improve your hormones, metabolism, and mood so that, um, with those, with that more balanced hormonal, uh, profile with, a a higher elevated metabolism because you have more muscle and a better mood, it's easier for you to both make healthier food choices, but it's also that your body, because your hormones have improved, you're going to start, um, you're going to start responding more strongly to the changes you make in the kitchen. So, um, I would say that exercise has this unique way of helping you balance your hormones, uh, clear your head of the stress that maybe is triggering some stress eating behaviors, and then increase your metabolism so that your weight loss is more of a long-term thing beyond the initial diet. Uh, So... Okay. That's good advice. And I, we do hear that a lot where, you know, we have some of our patients say, wow, I go to the gym every day and I'm just not losing any weight. I'm actually gaining weight. So, I mean, as far as there is a such, such a thing as too much exercise too. So what's a good, I guess, what's a good guideline? Like, okay, 30 minutes a day, an hour a day, or what, what would you say? Well, um, so that question, kind of the answer is it depends. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on how much you like to work out and how your body responds and what's realistic for your schedule. So um, I think it's pretty easy for women to kind of gauge how long they want to work out. Uh, that's a you know like a personal preference, and hopefully you can say, all right, like with very little friction or resistance, I can agree to a twenty minute or a forty minute workout. My magic number tends to be between forty five minutes and an hour and fifteen minutes, depending on my mood, because I'm a gym nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> and then the other thing is, is you got to pay attention to how your body is responding. If you are over-exercising, there's some pretty clear signals and they'll be um, not just occasional soreness, but almost constant muscle soreness. Um, it'll be kind of, you'll, you might sense depression, especially when you start thinking about working out. Um, if you have a lot of a negative emotions surrounding your workout, if when you finish your exercise, you know, sure, initially after workout, you'll be a little bit tired. But if you don't start feeling that boost of positive emotion shortly thereafter, that could be a sign that you're overdoing it. And then mm -hmm. I think the uh, it may be your clinician, you know, that takes a look at like, you know, someone like you who takes a look at the hormone test and says, Hey, like, like your thyroid's taking a huge dive. Maybe, um, two hours at the gym every day isn't for you. Mm -hmm. And the adrenals too. And I always say, if you feel more tired the next day after exercise repeatedly, just feeling wiped out, you're doing too much. And it's just, we, we see it a lot, um, where, you know, we say, just start small. And I think you listen to your body, um, because it's normal to feel a little sore, but like you said, if you're, if you're like feeling like a truck at you every time you exercise, then it might be that you're overdoing that, you know, I think so. Yeah. And I think a useful thing when we say, listen to our bodies, that's such a, like, um, kind of like a woo-woo thing to say, you know, it's hard to put your finger on what that is. So sometimes what I recommend women do is just get out a notebook or like an old fashioned day planner and every day take some notes. Like sometimes I say, write down what your energy levels are, your hunger levels, how many, how often are you craving things? What are your muscle soreness? What does that feel like? Mm. And if, you know, every day it's like, I have radical cravings. I'm hungry all the time. And my muscles are sore. Maybe you're working out too much or maybe the opposite. It could be that, you know, you're not moving nearly enough and it's causing cravings and, and, and hunger because it works both ways. You got to find that balance. Mm, yes. That's, and that's so true. And I mean, and sometimes what we, we, we actually do hormone testing to look at cortisol and, and the, the patients we find that are, you know, actually doing acupuncture, getting their exercise in, um, even though they have a lot of stress going on, the cortisol patterns are actually much better. And I think that, you know, in the beginning, um, they're just the ones taking it kind of step by step and not, you know, going out all out for, you know, hours and hours trying to, like you said, sweat it out. They're just doing like, you know, even just walking sometimes. And I think that that's a great start, you know, and we can see it and in, in, in their hormone levels even. So um, it's, it's so helpful. And sometimes you might not feel like you're doing much in the beginning, but you are. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah, totally. And I'm a big fan of walking, especially outdoors. And that's how I kind of recovered from um, after uh, I delivered our son this year. Uh, you know, and I couldn't really get back into the gym. Just having something to kind of hold the place of exercise and get out and fresh air and spend some time on myself is is really helpful. Definitely. And I'm sure that, you know, you need, you needed that too, just to kind of get your mentally just kind of, you know, get, get your mind at ease a little bit. And when, and I think that's one of the best benefits of exercise and uh, the mental part, we just think about focusing on weight loss and physical and that, but I don't think we talk enough about the emotional benefits. So can you share with us 
what you've seen with your clients and with yourself, perhaps when you've noticed someone actually being, you know, into a pretty diligent exercise program and what kind of changes have you seen with maybe possibly depression and anxiety? Definitely. Um, I see it's first anxiety just sort of naturally goes down. And in the beginning, it seems to be just kind of in the time surrounding the workout. Um, and then I think that that's really just a chemical high, probably. But as people or as women get more into exercise and become more consistent, I think that there's this huge boost in self-esteem and maybe self-efficacy because they're checking off that thing every day. And there's a lot of things we cannot control in the day. Like you can't control how the people, your coworkers respond to what you're doing in the office and you know, you can't control traffic, but um, exercise is actually something that's like really in your power. You can choose to do that 10 minutes, even though you're busy, or you can choose to, you know, just work out five minutes longer. And and those, those things really um, have a powerful impact on our self-esteem. And then I noticed that as, women get stronger. So the cool thing is, is like, even if you are losing weight at first in the gym, you, you get stronger pretty quickly and it's very easy to track. So you're starting to see numbers and results that maybe you weren't even paying attention to before you really learned how to work out. Mm -hmm. And that strength, that physical strength starts to kind of trip over into a mental strength because part of working out is being able to push out of your comfort zone. And once you're able to push out of your comfort zone in a physical sense, I've noticed that my clients have a much easier time doing it in some social settings, whether it's telling their family like, Hey, I'm not cooking two meals anymore. You guys need to eat vegetables just like I do. We're all going to start eating healthier. Or maybe it's explaining to your employer that like, you know, I'm not going to answer emails one day a week on the weekends and everything will be fine. But there's, there's this amazing um, sort of like blossoming that happens, I think, in all areas of your life where you feel stronger physically. That That's definitely an aha moment for me, actually. <laughs> that. It's, it's like setting boundaries, actually, a little more um, physical and mental boundaries, really. You're, you're actually improving it on all ends. So I think... I think that's so important, and it can't it can't be ignored. The fact that you know anxiety and depression can be a little bit more significant with women with PCOS. So, mm-hmm. I think the better approach, instead of you know take this or that, it's really like looking at um, improving those internal endorphins too. And that's exercise is one of the ways to do it, definitely. And I think the word exercise has a little bit of, um, can be a negative connotation for some. And I think it can go back to, actually, I was reading this uh, report that said, um, however you experienced your PE class growing up (laughs) has a reflection on how you feel about exercise. And I'm like, oh, that explains it. We played dodgeball all the time and I hated it. (laughs) So... And it was brutal. And when we weren't, we were running in the cold all the time in my PE class growing up. And I really just dreaded PE every single day. So it made me dread exercise later on. And until I found, you know, what worked for me, like yoga and bar class and ballet, I just did not ever want to like go into a gym or any of that. So um, I think it's different for everybody. And hopefully you guys didn't have that experience listening. But if you had... um, 
a negative PE experience in school, <laughs> physical <laughs> education experience, it could definitely affect your outlook with exercise. So maybe examine that a little more too. If you are feeling that dread when you hear the word exercise, there might be something coming up, you know, in an earlier time for you that wasn't so pleasant with that. So totally I remember that too I never even thought about that because I was like the runt of the litter yeah. so I always would like come in last on what you know those like national tests they do with all the kids <laughs> yeah. well, that makes me feel better <laughs> <laughs> one of my deep dark secrets and we always joke about this is like the only C I got in college was in PE because I just hated <sighs> They had like a small education class in college, which I think is weird. Yes. Uh, but my college did, and I just I hated it so much. I would like barely show up, which is hilarious. Um, right. I mean, I just remember in dodgeball, like the the goal of the class was to nail all the girls in the face with a dodgeball. So I had glasses and I'm like, please, and glasses and braces and headgear, how terrible. So like you hit me in the face, it's not going to feel good. (laughs) So so I think that, um, looking at that, you know, definitely that article was like, wow, that's pretty eye opening. So, um, so you know what, I think, you know, going back to, um, what, what you feel comfortable with is starting with something that you actually enjoy. And, you know, if it's something that, um, that puts you also in a good mood when you think about it, it's going to be more fun for you to do long-term too, I think, you know, in a way. So. Yes, absolutely. And if you're the type of person that's like, I just want to do whatever she tells me, you know, whatever the personal trainer says, you know, I'll do the optimal thing. Go ahead and do that. But if you're hearing me say, like, pick up a dumbbell and you're getting like a squeezy feeling in your stomach, uh, just put that aside for now. Just get moving. Have some fun and then worry about being like optimal or perfect another day. Or maybe never. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. You're perfect the way you are. That's right. <laughs> and how about one of your personal habits that you could share it with you that contributed to your success with uh, overcoming your PCOS symptoms? Mm. Okay. So I would say it's kind of my mantra for all, a lot of things in life, but particularly my health behaviors is begin with the end in mind. Mm. So um, whether that's I'm walking into my kitchen uh, because, you know, the baby's crying, just got him down. I have a lot of emails and I just need a break. And I'm thinking I bet I could find some dark chocolate somewhere in this pantry. Or um, if that's, you know, I'm tired and I'm thinking about skipping my workout, I always pause and think, okay, what am I trying to get out of this? Like, what is my end result? And, you know, when I'm standing in that kitchen thinking about, um, eating dark chocolate when I'm not hungry and it's like 10 in the morning. The end result isn't that I want the sugar. It's like, I need a break. So instead I just sit down and just be quiet. Or if it's, you know, I want to skip my workout because I'm tired and I need more energy. Well, I know that if I need more energy, I need to do some kind of a workout. So maybe it's, it's less than I had planned previously, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the thing that's gonna give me the end result instead of that emotional kind of cave girl gut reaction to whatever I'm experiencing. Over the quick fix, I see. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's 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 awesome. Yeah, to to keep it in mind. And as far as we we just finished up our our first week and our PCOS revolution uh, 30 day program was based on you know many planning and how to deal with cravings. And those cravings come from being tired a lot of times, I think, you know, and just your brain is tired, like, give me glucose. (laughs) So, and I think that is 
the, the short term, right? But the long term is, is what's really going on. And, then, and yeah, it could be time for a break. It could be time for some more water or something else that your body's needing that you're just not, not giving it. So that's a good, that's really, um, a really good tip. And, um, and if you could recommend a book that has really helped you or helped your clients, what would that book be? Hmm. There's so many good books. Um, so one that I think, um, it's a little different. It's called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And she is a researcher, I believe Harvard. If you Google Angela Duckworth, you're going to find her TED talk. But she talks about this psychological concept called grit, which is basically about um, developing passion and perseverance for the long term. And um, there's even like a fun little quiz in there that you can take you to that tells you how gritty you are to begin with. Oh, I like that. <laughs> but basically, uh, it's some really interesting work about the character traits, so not the talents or, um, you know, the... Um, environment that we all start out in, but the actual character traits that lead to success. And she hypothesizes that even if you're a little bit less gritty than you'd like to be, you can develop uh, more grit. Um, so I think that that's a really great place to start. Definitely. That's awesome. Well, we'll link to that in our show notes too. And uh, also with a we'll link to your freebie as well, as far as um, the exercises to get started a little bit. Uh, those are at home exercises you can do um, that. It, it, and it really doesn't take that much time, I don't think, and as far as the workout that you posted. So that, that looks, looks pretty good. And um, can you tell us uh, just a parting piece of guidance that you can give for our listeners um, and just also how to, how to find you online. Sure. So you can find me online at the PCOSpersonaltrainer.com. Uh, you can type that into your social media and you'll probably find me too. Um, and, uh, my, my ending piece of advice, I'm going to go with, uh, never underestimate the value of self-compassion. So, giving yourself a break. You are the most influential person in your life. And if you are not saying nice things to yourself right now, I'm not telling you to stop saying the negative things because it's really hard to get yourself to stop doing something you're used to doing. But make it a daily practice to say something nice to yourself because obviously you were put here for a reason. You belong here. And there are some awesome things about yourself that you should be saying to yourself every day. Definitely. That is so crucial. And we seem to like if we wrote down everything we told ourselves, we would be like horrified. <laughs> so you would never say it to your best friend or right. even probably a stranger. Mm, exactly. <laughs> So be kind to yourself, everyone. And thank you so much, Erica, for being on our show today. And uh, I really look forward to seeing your new website and seeing what you have going in the future. And um, thank you guys for listening. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Yes, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Everybody have a, uh, a great week. Get out there and move. Find something you love. That's it. Okay, thanks, everybody. And that's the end of this episode of the PCOS Revolution podcast. If you've enjoyed the show and want to help me spread the word about how women with PCOS and hormonal imbalances can lead happier, more healthier lives, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. They really do make a difference. If you'd like to have a question answered on the show or would like to recommend a guest, please go to floridacompletewellness.com slash podcast. If you're on social media, you can follow me at 
facebook.com slash Florida Complete Wellness and twitter.com slash Florida Complete, where I post a lot of interesting research, webinars, and articles on our blog about really getting to the root of hormonal imbalances like PCOS. So it's a great way to stay in touch with the latest developments. Thanks so much for listening and see you soon. Mm-hmm.